Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika and he is... I'm Brandon from the Rubric. And today we have a special guest. We have Gifted, um, who is one of my favorite Warrior fans and um, love Warrior fans, like the true ones. Um, Of course, you know, like I've been watching the Warriors for a long time, Um, but... The current warriors who are people believe are on the at the end of their dynasty. But will but, but warrior fans don't believe that. Warrior fans believe they can, you know, who knows, they could pull something else off. But of course, we're speaking after the the Chris Paul trade, which shook up uh Warriors world. I, I honestly believe Chris Paul is the most hated man in Warriors Twitter. And now he's, I'm sorry. <laughs> now he's, now Warrior fans are gonna be forced to root for Chris Paul. Welcome gifted. <laughs> I can't hear you gifted. Yes, I just wanna say what a welcome that was. I both appreciate that and also just throwing the pain in my face so early. It's crazy, but we here. Uh, that Chris Paul point is absolutely spot on for a lot of people in the fan base. Myself, I, I haven't really been like a like a high fan of Chris Paul in this history there in terms of like the Golden State rivalry with the Rockets and other teams Chris Paul has been a part of. So that is there, but we're here. So I'm going to just roll with it. So Yeah, I mean, you... You feel like, hey, do you expect anything significantly different with him on the squad? Um, The main thing is the second unit's turnovers should probably go down more because he's controlling of the ball more. It's just so hard of a fit to me because I have so many questions about like Chris Paul with Draymond or or Steph or Clay, the defense. Like, they're... There's so many questions from him being on this team, but off of the bench, I can see value there. So that's cool. But trading pool to me was like the last big salary asset to actually get like value back. And we traded it for Chris Paul and we threw in picks just to get Chris Paul. So I, I definitely feel a way about that. Hmm. Why, why do you think they went for Chris Paul? Like of all the options out there in the world, for a guy who doesn't play that type of offense, he's aging, his defensive skill is, I mean, he's just not there to guard the guys he's gonna to need to. Ball's not in his hands all the time anymore. The way that offense is set up, it's a very rotational, high motion offense. What was the thing? Was it more of a, we just got your back, you've been with the league, you've been good to the league, not a lot of options for him. Like, I couldn't figure out why expiring contract but go ahead i asked myself this question for about four days i i took four days to fully record my thoughts and i wanted to make sure because initially i wanted to cry like why did we do this why we do this but Mm -hmm. after four days passed i still feel that way of course but the reasoning behind it to me was really the contractual things with his expiring contract one 
And two, like he is a veteran presence that understands how to play basketball. And I think they're trying to change the goal from having like these young guys who can do this or that to having a more controlled, more sustainable uh, group of people and having Chris Paul there as a presence for the locker room is a positive thing. Like, I do think that this upcoming season is going to be a lot different because there's going to be a lot more experienced IQ players. And typically that's how Golden State has a great chunk of success. They have, okay. you know, really high talented players, of course, but they also have the IQ to fit with that. And okay. the entire locker room is really connected together. So okay, okay. So we started off with the banger, Chris Paul, because I just couldn't avoid it. But as we look at the Golden State Warriors in 2000, you know, look coming up with this new CBA, which we're recording a few hours after the full 676-page masterpiece was released, um, and so. You know, there's a nine-page summary version, but you know sometimes in the nooks and crannies, there's that the stuff that haven't been revealed yet. So we haven't gotten into all of that. I'm actually, you know, going to be studying it this weekend for some things I'm going to be doing on the pod and on Spaces. But Clay Thompson's, you know, he's on an expiring. Um, you have... Um, you know, you guys are keeping Gary Payton Jr. I assume he's one of the last um, of. And funny thing is, Gary Payton's been around for you for for a few years, but I feel like he has found his he's found his proper like his home. Warrior, this is his home. This yeah, is yeah, his yeah, home. Yeah. He, yeah. he came. You know, people think that oh, you know, like he's only in his third year. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, no, you don't know. <laughs> um and um you still have Kaminga as of today. Kaminga's on this roster. What are your as you look at the roster and I'm assuming more moves would be made, what are your thoughts on some of the young guys that are still on this roster? And what do you think about Clay's? Um, do you think they try to you know, what what type of deal do you think he 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 gets? And Draymond, we'll get to that next. We don't have to talk about Draymond. That'd be the next question. Yeah, uh, for me, the young guys is the first point I'll do here. Yeah. So basically yeah. on this roster, the the layover is basically Kuminga and Moody. Uh, mm-hmm. We traded Baldwin as well in the Chris mm-hmm. Paul trade. Mm-hmm. Poole is also out, out of the door. Wiseman mm-hmm. was traded during the season. So those are really the last two guys that are like I'm surprised with Baldwin though. I'm surprised y'all traded Baldwin, but for some reason. But yeah, I I thought that he could really really develop because he showed signs of being a good IQ player. He just didn't have like the actual tools at times to be in the right places. But he showed a lot of great you know IQ in terms of being where to be on the floor, you know, spacing and also having the confidence. Right, but for the two guys we have remaining. Moody played well in the playoffs. And this came after an entire season where he was basically getting consistent coaches, DNPs, where they were playing Anthony Lamb over him. And he didn't cry about it. He stepped up, he played hard, and he was, you know, rolling with every punch. Kuminga, I thought he had a really good regular season. He had a stretch, I think, from like December to... 
mm-hmm. maybe March where he he was shooting 66% on catch and shoot jump shots and he was just being a effective pest on defense. He had like games where he was guarding Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and he was in their jersey playing great defense. But in the playoffs, he didn't play. He got a bunch of um, DNPs. He was very upset about it. But I still think he showed that he can be a rotational player. It's just a matter of making things make sense around him. And I kind of feel like these two guys, they have to get the opportunity this year. They have to. Because in my mind... Kerr is not a fan of putting in these young guys. So it's No, gonna be- no, no. He likes to roll with what is there, what is proven, veteran players and I get it but what kills me is like having Anthony Lamb play over these guys I don't think Anthony Lamb provided that much great value and I always said Anthony Lamb is not going to play like that in the playoffs so what's the point and that's exactly what happened so this upcoming season I don't believe that they'll be traded because they don't make enough money to get real value back to me so I do think that it makes sense to keep them and, you know, keep them uh, growing and developing in our system. But they have to get the actual opportunity consistently to add on to their reps this season. Because Moody and Kuminga, they have size, they have length. Kuminga is the vertical rim spacer. And Moody is just this very high IQ, shoot threes, crash the offensive glass guy. So. You need these skill sets a lot. So bringing them on further in this season could be very, very important to our success, in my opinion. Now, one that I was really interested, I, I thought could have contributed a lot more with Deep and Chinjo. Like that that was like he's he's he can move, he can rotate, he can catch off the off the off the pass, off the dribble. Uh I I was surprised that he didn't get a little bit more burn than what he got as well. Yeah. Um I thought Dante was pretty good for most of the season. Um, He was a great spark plug. However, there were moments in the playoffs and also towards like the tail end where he didn't have his confidence offensively. I felt like he had, you know, like wide, like he would drive and be right at the paint and kick and kick because he's very, very selfless. But when he tapped into, hey, I'm confident, I'm here, I'm I'm on this team, I can execute at a high level, he was a really good player for us. Gotcha, gotcha. So the so when you think about or your to your earlier point about Chris Paul adding adding veteran leadership for younger guys, I put Dante in that, Moody, uh, Kaminga. Uh, Dante's gonna be on the Knicks this year, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, Dante's gone. Dante's gone. I yeah. predict that he'll be a Nick along with his fellow uh, Villanova uh, oh. folks. Ah, okay, got it. And Looney, I, I would think. Uh, but what do you think about Kaminga's uh, IQ? Um, I find him at times, um, his IQ is not where, I mean, he's he's getting it together, he's coming together, but how do you feel like another season, do you think some of the IQ will click better with, with what, what should be the plan to work on his, maybe some Chris Paul can kind of, work with him on his side to, so he could think through some of his decisions. Um, Cause sometimes that's not automatic for young guys. And I always, from the time I had high hopes for Moody, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to give up on Moody. Cause I felt like he, sh- you know, I was looking for him to, 
hit the NBA for some time. And then with the Warriors, I feel like he hasn't really taken off the way I expected. So I just want you to say a little bit more about the IQ and expectations of, of Moody, and then we can move on to talk about some other aspects of the Warriors. Yeah, so first answering the IQ for Kuminga. Uh, Kuminga is a very up and down player. I feel like he mm-hmm. shows real sense of understanding when to drive and kick and also when to take, you know, those angles and be the super athlete that he is. However, I think his confidence can be a two-edged sword because he'd have moments where he feels like I should be guarding this guy and he wants to so badly, he puts himself in foul trouble, which hurts the entire team. So I think just more reps with that would help. But I think having a consistent role where he knows that, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I might get pulled, but I can play through this will make it a lot easier. Because again, he got yeah. multiple chances during the regular season and he was stepping up in yeah. big, big, big moments. Like when, sorry, um, right, got it. When Steph got hurt, he closed a lot of our games and he played mm-hmm. big in these games. He helped us win important, important games. But then when Steph comes back, he gets kind of forgotten about in the mix. And again, like not getting the the time in the playoffs to prove I can or I can't be this player, it leaves it in the air in terms of what his IQ and how he'll translate to playoff basketball will be. Moody is a different case because he didn't get chances during the regular season, but he translated into the playoffs severely based on A, his ability to knock down timely corner threes consistently, and B, his IQ in terms of knowing when to crash the glass and get the board. Like he has some mm-hmm. critical rebounds for the entire Sacramento Kings playoff series to make. So Moody, yeah. I think he will bounce back and be very, very good. I, I do believe he's going to get a, a lot more time because for Kerr, he goes based on who has produced. And since Moody produced in the playoffs and he trusted him, I think his role will go up a lot more this season. Yeah. And that'd be good for him. Um, when I look at um, your veterans and like your starters, uh, first of all, I'm assuming Draymond is going to be um, going to be resigned to the Warriors, um, and I'm assuming you think that's a good assumption, or you'll you'll surprise me if you don't. Um, and you look at Andrew Wiggins, who was expected to play a full season. Um, and that really impacted the Warriors last season. Also, Andrew Wiggins, um, his untimely absence from the team due to some family things. And then, of course, the great Steph and Clay. another season. I think Clay will be better next season. He'll have PS. He has a season under him, um, full season. Another, I think next season he'll be better. What do you, when you look at your veterans um, and your, I mean, your starting, your starting rocks, how do you feel about them going into this new season? this next season? Um, I think it's interesting. I think this season is a very important season because it's going to show how these players age and how they play compared with that. Uh, Clay Thompson last year technically had his most efficient volume three-point shooting season. And by the way, this is after he came in completely, completely out of shape and was really bad for the first two months. So it shows you just how much better he got in season. Uh, Draymond is a guy that I'm really looking at because 
from a cap perspective, how much money he makes will greatly determine the future of this roster for the next two or three years under the new. How many years? Wow, yeah. 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 Under the new uh, 697-page CBA. That's a fact. Um, I think Draymond's offensive game is very concerning, though. Um, Every year, he becomes more and more of a liability on that end. And I think it's extremely hard to win championships if your five and your four are effectively non-spacers because any defense could basically say, we're not going to respect these guys. And Draymond has to be more aggressive in terms of attacking off of handoffs. If they're not guarding him, use that space and really eat up that space. I don't think he did um, that enough consistently, especially in the Los Angeles series when he literally dropped like 21 points, I think in game, what was it, game four, I think. And then after that, it's like, where's Draymond, right? So those two guys are critical because clearly they're trying to go with Steph, Clay, and Draymond because that core has been proven they've won chips. But it's a matter of how they age and how their game is with the roster that we currently have. So I don't know, but we're going to have to see how things shake up. Now, do you expect uh, a shift in commitment or uh, what's the right word? Commitment or loyalty uh, with Dunleavy being there versus uh, Myers? Yeah, I want to change Would that change that direction a little bit or will he carry the same torch that Myers did? I think it's it's a hard call for Dunleavy. I think what he's shown so far is he's not afraid to make like big choices. Again, trading pool, he didn't let his feelings get in the way. He traded him, and, and that was that. Some people would argue that Clay Thompson, if he doesn't come back to form, he should be traded as well because, from a cap perspective, it would make things a whole lot easier. Clay Thompson said he wants a max contract. And if he gets a max and, and Draymond, it severely limits what the roster looks like. So I actually think things are going to be different. I think Mike is going to severely look at how the Warriors want to play basketball, where yeah. Steph is at, and they want to maintain roster flexibility because versatility and roster flexibility are the two keys moving forward to win championships, I think, especially under the new hard cap NBA league that we're going to. They should have just called it a hard cap. I mean, yeah. basically with the two second apron. It's a it's a hard cap. It's so much you can't do. It's like not being able to aggregate player salary yep. is just such a so difficult. Mm. That cap is I'm gonna send it to you, uh Brandon. That, that, that different. But, but I wonder how much different I, I hear you, cap flexibility or uh, uh roster flexibility. I get that for most teams. I question the strength of the team without that core, regardless. Like, if that core is not there, I don't, I don't get that you can just plug any other player that's a good player on another squad and come in. D'Angelo, like they have more year to me that yeah they have a few more yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, why yeah. I think I, I, that's what I saw from him as well. Like when he was there, and I was like, man, this is a totally different player. Doesn't play in that system. Doesn't but play. I, they can't max out Clay with the CBA. The Clay cannot get a max contract to me. Not with this um, 
CBA that is, they, they can't afford to give him a max contract. In no way should, um, you know, our friend Draymond should get a, a max. But we'll see what the Warriors do. Like, it's, but, you know, 15 man roster is about, you know, somebody's not going to get what they want. So um, as you look at, you know, like, okay, we talked about the roster. There was a big change, of course, in the front office. Um, overall, as you look at your team, that was like the end of an era with Bob Myers, it feels like, you know, like, so as you look at the front office construction um, with Mike Dunleavy being in a seat and one of his biggest first decisions was Chris Paul. I mean, overall, what is your, I won't say expectations, what are your hopes for the front office? going into this season as, you know, um, as we look going into this new world with the CBA? My hopes are that they look at every available move and they weigh the consequence of said choices. Um, I'm, I might be like a minority Warriors fan, but how I look at it is Steph and Draymond are the captains of the team. Draymond plays hellacious defense he leads that mm -hmm. entire unit Steph is everything and Clay as good as Clay Thompson is he is great if Clay Thompson is not back to being who he was on the other end of the court the issue with go to say always has been secondary shot creation outside of Steph if Andrew can maybe step up more there that makes the whole roster look better but this roster like Keeping yourself in a position where you cannot really change your roster because of the new CBA, I don't think that's a great idea, especially when you have aging guys who need better players around them as they age. And that's why I think it puts so much of an emphasis on player development. Like now, you need to have guys who are not earning so much However, they're so valuable, they outplay their contracts and they're like a great fit on your team. Like our new draft picks, a lot of people just think that they're not gonna play. These guys are gonna play. I believe day one, these guys are going to be implemented into our team because that is the answer to staying competitive. Cause now you cannot win if you don't have these guys who are on like vet men's rookie deals or whatever, but they're outplaying that value. Prime example, Bruce Brown, right? Yeah. He outplayed his contract severely in the playoffs and Denver won the title. You need to have players like that moving forward. So that means that you'll end up in a scenario where you're rotating through a lot of role players a lot more often because they're going to be low salary guys, high performing, short period of time, you swap them out because they're going to be looking for huge contracts over time, right? Well, that more so depends on the type of player because if you go with young guys, they typically already have three or four years guaranteed. And yeah. that's where you can get really great value because those contracts are, are guaranteed and they're not too much of a cap hit. Yeah, that's right. All right. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Like, those are the contracts that are gold um, right now. If you have somebody like if Kaminga could kind of catch Warriors having for two more seasons. Um, and um, same with Moody, 
right? If, if those players can kind of catch on, like with the Nets, we have McCall for, we have him for a few more seasons at a pretty reasonable deal. What a great contract. Um, we have a good contract with Moody, um, with Moody, with McCall. So those, you know, like, I feel like with the NBA, we're in an era with this new CBA and hard cap of asset management. Like asset management is crucial now. Like more than, it's almost like how NFL, when you look at NFL rosters and NFL, like their fifth, however many roster they have, they can't go over their cap. Um, here, it's almost like looking at the NBA roster is basically asset management. So as you, when you think about, okay, maybe one or two guys, because I think, you know, the Warriors are nearly not done. You know, one or two guys out there in the market that maybe could come in and plug into Steve's, um, Steve Kerr's system. Who who you think could be some of those guys that can come in and plug in as you look at the NBA? Um, That are those mid to lower level, you know, like that can really come in and 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 yeah i think there's a handful of guys um i think for me primarily i'll be looking at a guy like you to watanabe um he was a great effort guy for brooklyn uh played his role played hard and played a lot of games i think he would be a great value player this is more so a down the road and i'm kind of guilty of it because this guy has been for me at least one of my favorite players if his contract goes south and teams don't want to take a chance on him, I want Lonzo Ball on my team a lot. I know that like the foot stuff is a real thing with him and we're not sure if he's even going to be back in the league, but his IQ and his passing and his commitment to defense, I think fits in tremendously with what Golden State wants to do. Um, I, like, I like that. Yeah, yeah, he would fit in well. Uh, and honestly, for me, I'm really looking at our draft picks. The guys that we drafted this year, I've been watching film on them, and they fit in extremely well. Uh, Trace is a phenomenal paint defense type of guy. He had size, length, and more importantly, the size, because we've been a very small team. Even right now, we're small. Like, having more front court depth, to me, is crucial because... People don't really, you know, say this. We've only had Kevon and Draymond as our real bigs. And, like, that's not really sustainable. But Kevon plays every game and doesn't get hurt. And that's great. But realistically, you need to prepare yourself for every situation if you want to actually win. Yeah. 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 See, I wonder where they would go for that length to compete with what's coming into the league, especially in the West. I mean, if Zion comes back, that's gonna be another big threat. You still got AD who's there. As long as he's playing, I, I know he's in street clothes. Uh, Wimby is now there. You still gotta see, you gotta see the Joker. You still yeah. gotta see Aiton. Yeah, like, I. I don't know where they go from a big perspective. That that's that's where I've been stuck. Yeah. Yeah, and like I think something else that is super super important is you want to have guys who can come in, add to the motion offense, but also 
You need to have a bit more shot creation outside of Steph. Like the only okay. other guy who could do it last year would be between Jordan Poole and also Andrew Wiggins. And Poole, while he was a phenomenal guy when he chose to drive to the basket, was very inconsistent and very inefficient at times. Like yeah, 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 you need yeah. guys who like fit more and play the roles in those spots a bit more cleaner. And I think that how we play, if you can shoot threes and play defense, you can do anything. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah. when you got him going next year, how far do you do you have him going? Um, right now, as the roster is presently constructed, I don't think this is a championship team right now. Um, I think this team needs a bit more to flex things out. I also don't know how our first year players are going to be, but I do think this is still a, a good team in the West. I feel like still a, a competitive a people, team. You know, you still have a competitive team. Basically. Yeah, like like um, we had so many players go down. Uh, Steph twice, he went down. Uh, Draymond was in now at times. Andrew Wiggins missed literally twenty five games. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I think we could potentially be like a top five seed. I think. It's okay. just tough because there's so many good teams who are younger and a bit more athletic in the West. Okay. But I think that's where they are right now. Okay. Okay. Because when I look at Denver, I feel like Denver is set up to, I mean, they may, it looks like the likelihood they're going to lose Bruce Brown, um, who was a key and crucial for them in some of those games. So they'll need to find or you know, make sure they have a guy that can plug in and play above his, play above his, where he is, like, you know, like Bruce Brown did and like what happened with Miami with the, they kept talking about the undrafted guys, like guys, they're basketball players, <laughs> you know, like, and they're, they're playing, they're playing their butts off, especially Caleb, Caleb Martin and some of those guys, like, you know, like, but they need guys that, you know, Play, they need a guy that could play like that. The Lakers look like they're going to re-up the guys that came in the second, you know, after the All-Star break. And they're going to give those guys, because they did have some improvement after that. They just couldn't pull it together as well. They needed more time. Um, Clippers, who knows? I mean, they're dependent on Kawhi and PG while PG is there. But I, I think that with Golden State, there's, you know, like, depending on who they pick, because they're going to pick up a guy or two in, in free agency. Um, and then depends on how those guys meld well with the young guys, with the draft picks, you know, like, and I'll be curious to see one thing they have to improve for sure is that road record. That road record last year was atrocious and came back to really bite them in, in the playoffs. And that, I know that's one thing, even if it, that you know, you guys definitely want to you know get get in the right page with this season. We're going to have the end season tournament next year. Um, not that somebody like the Warriors would care, but I just think that's funny with the new CV that's that's coming. But looking at this team and a coaching staff, um, what are some things besides the road record you want to see them improving? Um, even if you want to talk about the world record, that you want them to kind of attack this year and kind of do differently to help you guys be competitive in the West. And of course, Memphis. I mean, they're going to get 
John Morant, John Morant back eventually, and and they'll be in full swing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not really worried about the road record. Uh, for me personally, this last season, there was a lot of happening with the team that I don't think will repeat headed into this season. Um, I do think that for the vets of this team, Clay Thompson did not uh, practice contact drills for the entire offseason because the last time he did it, he tore his Achilles. So he was traumatized and, and wanted to like be safe. Okay. But I think that's going to change for this upcoming uh, offseason. I also think that there's more internal d- development with Moody, Kuminga, Andrew Wiggins. And I think that that will carry over to the regular season. The only thing I want to see is more player development, more chances for Kuminga and Moody. Those guys have to use their young legs to compete because we're going to be relying on those guys for uh, postseason success. Also, outfitting this roster with a bit more vets who can pass and, and just play games matters. Just, just having a bit just more depth presence. would be okay. nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. And what would you like? And and like one of my last questions: What would you like to see from your coaching staff? Like you guys lost Mike Brown the year before last, who went to Sacramento and just. Whew. Like he knew he was great. He, he was, was great. great. Yeah. And he knows Warriors backwards and forwards. So he was able to, I felt like he was able to really stick in there and compete with you guys. Um with losing somebody like that and see them perform. Kenny Atkinson was interviewing again this year. Um, but he's still there. Um, what would you like to see from, you know, maybe your coaching staff a little bit? Like I was I'm always curious about how fans see their coaching staff. Um, I I never really questioned the culture staff. I think they understand when to do certain things. I guess for me, it would be more so based on the rotation and also uh, the emphasis on how we're going to make Chris Paul fit on this team. I do not want to see too many lineups where there's Chris Paul, Steph, Clay. Like, I think that three-man lineup, while it could be potent offensively, I think how it works makes sense because to me, Chris Paul and Draymond are kind of redundant. I think they really do the same role. So it's weird. Like how we use Chris Paul and the way that we apply all of our minutes for the younger players, that cohesion is really what I'm looking for from them more than ever this season. Say so say that one more time. Make sure I got that. That Chris Paul and Draymond. You find that being a redundant pair? Yeah, um, I do. With the second, with the second unit. Yeah, um, I think Chris Paul and Draymond are very samey. Uh, Draymond and Chris Paul, by the defense, if the ball is not in their hands, you're not guarding them. You don't trust them to shoot threes. Yeah. You don't let them shoot. Um, you might contest Chris Paul. If he takes a corner three, maybe, but you live with that. Like at this stage of their careers, they're both treated as non-spacers. And when Draymond is on the floor, typically he has the ball in his hands to pass and play make. Chris Paul, pass and play make. Like the only way that it might make sense is if you do a Chris Paul and Draymond two-man game with spacing around them. 
But even then, like, that doesn't have as much value as saying, Draymond, you lead this, or Chris Paul, you lead this. I think they really serve the same type of role on the offensive end. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And, and my final question, I mean, I, we barely spoke about my favorite player, one of my favorite players in the league, and that's Steph, um, the greatest shooter of all time, one of the greatest point guards of all time, um, guards, period, because, I, you know, he's a combo to me. Um, what would you, I mean, what would you like to see from the great Steph? in terms of leadership, in terms of anything. I mean, Steph is great, period. But is there something else? You, is there something specific you want to see for him next year with Chris Paul coming in and, you know, with the young guys? Like, what would you like to see from him? Um, I think Steph has built up a standard for himself. And I think last year, because he got hurt twice, people don't really talk about it, but last year, he looked like the best player in the league when he was playing. I mean, 50, 40, 90 on 30 points per game. Like, that's not like a, a small feat. And at one point in the season, he was shooting a 72% true shooting as a guard. No one has done that period outside of Jokic. And he's a center, right? right, right. So for me, like, just seeing Steph continue to play at his level matters. Uh, I would like to see him try to get to the paint a bit more, but probably have more of a focus there. Last year, he did it great enough, but I think as he ages, getting to the free throw line is gonna matter a lot more, but it's really not much like an act. I know Steph is gonna be Steph. It's just a matter of how everything else fits around it. Steph has always been a calm guy. He doesn't really yell or you know do too mm -hmm. much. He leads by his example. Um, I just expect more of that this season. One of the things I would say with Steph is that he does get into these ruts, you know, like shooting sometimes. Like I remember when he was going for, well, really the record was any day and and when he, he got the record and then it was like this, this period of, you know, him having some shooting spells. Um, but that he's a shooter, you know, shooter, shoot. And, you know, sometimes it go into spells, sometimes, you know, like it happens. Um, but Steph is, Steph is great. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again next season. I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow night, even though this air after it happens. Him mm -hmm. and Clay taking on Mahomes and, yeah. um, and uh, that should be fun. The golf tournament and the underrated stuff. He ha Steph has the underrated documentary coming to apple next month we will be discussing it on hoops and huddle of course right. um but um much respect to steph and gifted i know this you guys can't see this but he has a michigan yeah uh, hoodie on and i know you're based in michigan right still so um you have any even though you're a warriors fan you have any thoughts on detroit at all on some of the things they're trying to do Oh yeah, so so um, I'm from Detroit. I, I actually go to the University of Michigan as well, so that's my uh, spot. Um, but in terms of the Pistons, man, I love what the Pistons are doing. I love the the length that they're gonna have at every position. I also love Monty on that team. Monty Williams is a coach that I feel like can institute a very disciplined system. I feel like at times you can probably nitpick 
the adjustments he might have made from time to time in the playoffs. But in terms of instituting a system for players to follow and grow in, I think for Detroit, it's going to be very, very good. I think the players are going to respect them a lot. And also, I really just want to see K be healthy so I can see Dang. K, Jalen, Duran, even Wiseman, which I'm not quite sure what Wiseman is going to do. He looked, I think bad. He looked really good better. when he played at the end of last year. I mean, I felt like they gave him a shot to show himself a little bit, see what he got. So I'm curious to see what Monty does with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can't wait to actually see them play. And then obviously their top five draft pick. I love the Thompson Twins. I really root for them like heavy, heavy, heavy. And they care about basketball so, so much. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fully invested with the success of what Detroit has in their pot this season for sure. I, I if Kate is healthy, I think they can really have a strong season. I'm looking at Detroit. Detroit is one of my um, league pass teams along with the Hornets and um because they're gonna be interesting next year with Miles coming back. And um um Sacramento is another one. I think he has an opportunity to be to do something very similar that uh, Mike Brown did uh, with that staff, with that talent that he has in that squad. I think he can get a lot out of those guys. Uh, what team you said, Brown? Uh, Monty Williams. Oh, uh, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's gonna be something else. I say that every year though, and Chris of Hoop Spaces um, always goes, you say that every year, every year, because I, I think they have something there. But I wanna thank um, Gifted for giving me some time. I love, check him out. Um, yeah. Tell them where they can find you, Gifted. Where can they find you? Absolutely. So I am a NBA content creator, so I host multiple basketball spaces on Twitter. But I also make solo content um, on YouTube. And also I have a podcast, both by the same name, Gifted Hoops. If you type in that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or, or even YouTube, you can find the podcast and also the content that I create. I do a bunch of film breakdowns live streams and also general nba conversation so if you're rocking with me tap in again gifted hoops on twitter spotify apple Podcasts, everywhere gifted gifted hoops i'll be there gifted is dope check them out um <laughs> love gifted thank you gifted for your time i um, love his spaces love his pod uh, love everything about gifted. Sure, thanks for your time gifted you have a good night uh, peace peace, peace. peace.